0: God, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for the time that we can come together and gather in this place to worship you and have fun together as a family. God, I pray this morning as we dive into your word that you will teach us how to listen and how to build a foundation that, that for our, on our relationship with you, Lord Jesus. God, I pray that this morning that our hearts and minds and ears will be open to your word and what you have to speak to us this morning. In your name I pray, amen. <laughs> just had a big one, sorry. <laughs> Thanks. So this morning, um, we're going to look, if you want to go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Matthew 7, 24 to 27. We're going to get there in just a minute. So, and, uh, so on Tuesday, January 12, 2010, an earthquake measured 7.0 on the Richter scale devastated Haiti, the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere it left about 230,000 dead and about 300,000 injured and 1 million people homeless and um it it, it destroyed 250,000 homes, 30,000 commercial businesses and uh cuz they they all collapsed or suffered severe damage and um if we look at it, another earthquake that happened was on February 27, 2010 to be exact and uh it measured 8.8 on the Richter scale, so it was even larger than the one that hit Haiti. This one hit off the coast of right off the coast of Chile. At least 500,000 homes are estimated to be damaged, but only, but less than 500 people died. And while while any death is you know is tragic and that sort of idea, the loss of life in Chile was significantly less than in Haiti and um so why was that and I'm sure that there are many 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 factors, including like the poverty is that in Chile there was a in in Haiti versus Chile, but I think a big part of it was is that in Chile there was a building code, and um there was a there was a code to what the buildings had to be built to, and so there are specific- me- measurements on on you know how thick the walls had to be, what they had to be made out of, and those sorts of ideas versus what there was in Haiti. And, um, and I, I think that that's the reason why in Haiti, there was a lot more loss of life, loss of buildings, loss of commercial businesses versus in, in Chile. And I think it's because the buildings were prepared in Chile. So whenever disaster happened, earthquake happened, whatever, hurricane, that they were able to withstand the, uh, the storm that they were going through. And, um, I think a lot of that has to do whenever we were when I was looking at this has to do with the foundation that was laid. See, in in Ch- in Chile there were specific measurements on how deep the foundation had to be buried, how how strong it had to be, the materials the foundation had to be made out of. And then when you look at Haiti, there was there was no code. So it could be, you know, sticks and you know, dirt floor and build concrete blocks right off the dirt floor or it could be there was no foundation that had to be had to be laid. And so I think that it's all about the foundation. And foundations are important. If we look at, uh, we're going to put a picture up here in just a second of the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Have, have, has anybody ever been to the Leaning Tower of Pisa? You have? I have never been there. But I read a lot about it this week because I was like, why is this building leaning? And I figured it probably had something to do with the foundation. So, it, But it did. And um, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. In, it, they started building this structure in uh, 1173, um, but the eight-story, 180-foot-tall structure wasn't completed until almost 200 years later. And they started noticing problems whenever it was just three stories high. Um, they noticed that it had already begun to sink on the one side. The soft soil and, sh- and the construction was halted for about 100 years. And um, they started trying to counter the lean uh, about 100 years after they started building it in 1275. And uh, the construction resumed, but they were unable to halt the lean, uh, the soft soil, and it continued to sink. And it continues to sink even to this day. And um, although in the last 20 years there has been some positive enhancements to help the counteract the leaning of the building, the, it, it is not working the way they thought it would work. And so the lean has been going on for some, how many hundred years now? It's been just moving slowly. And the counter lean is starting to catch up a little bit. Over, it took 20 years, and over the past 20 years, it has moved 2.5 centimeters to try to bring it back upright. But if you think about that in our lives, what does our foundation look like when we start leaning one way or to the other? And can our countermeasures keep up? If our foundation isn't strong, you know, no one wants to build a structure or a house on a faulty foundation, right? If you're going to go build a new house, you know, a $500,000 house, you're like, oh, yeah, just throw it up. Don't worry about what's underneath it. Just put it up there. I have one, but thank you. Bottle number two. I guess I'm really thirsty this morning. Thanks, babe. (laughs) Appreciate it. The results, if you if you build on a faulty foundation, the results are eventually going to be, you know, bad you know there's going to fall down it might there might be grief there might be disappointment um, all because of a faulty foundation and then the same is about our the same is true about our lives jesus taught his followers how to have a foundation that'll last through the storms of life no one wants to implode when difficult times come the, no one wants to run out of gas in the fourth quarter of life either and uh you know the father of jesus doesn't have to worry about the future and if I could promise you that I could provide you the secret to having what it takes during, having what it takes to stand firm during difficult times, would you want to know it? Yeah, maybe. No. Okay. Well, then let's go home if you guys don't care. <laughs> I'm all for that. <laughs> Jesus' words in Matthew seven twenty-four to twenty-seven tells us exactly how to lay a firm foundation. And um, so, if you want to turn there with me this morning, we're gonna, we're gonna we'll read this together. It says therefore everyone who hears the words of mine and puts them in practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock the rain came down the streams rose the winds blew and beat against the house yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them in practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand the rain came down the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell with a great great crash you know Right before this passage, Jesus said some of the most haunting words that I believe are found in the Bible. He says, not, every, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in, who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did, in your name didn't we drive out demons to perform miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. doers." And I look at that passage and I'm like, wow, so you mean a lot of people who are Christians are not going to make it into heaven? Or what does this mean? And I think what it means is that you can look like you have it all together and even think you have it all together, but not make it with God. You can even do many things for God, but lose out. And, you know, I'm not saying this, you know, to, you know, scare you or emotionalize things. But I think it's a simple fact that not everyone who looks spiritual is, in fact, a follower of Jesus. God knows everything. We can't hide it. He knows whether or not we are the real deal or not. And the storms of life will come. If you haven't experienced a storm in life yet, it's coming. Maybe you have experienced it. You could be like the one who's the world world crashed, but you don't have to. And so the idea this morning that we want to get to is Jesus says in this passage that you can, be you can know your foundation, and when the when the storms of life come, there will be two things you can do to forward motion in that foundation. So if we're going to go to point number one, a strong foundation is available to everyone. So I think there's two thi- two parts. Of how a foundation is available, and I think the scripture lays it right out for us and um you know you may be saying this morning, "I believe Jesus said this to his followers, but it's his promise for me and I think the answer is yes, the promise that you can have a strong foundation is just not for you know a few select people or for people who go to ch- go to church their whole life or for people who are who are you know super spiritual or are rich and can afford certain things or have degrees and You know, I think it includes everyone, that includes you, that includes me. And you can be confident about your future. You don't have to worry about a personal earthquake, because Jesus says everyone who hears these words and puts them into practice will will, will be able to follow after him and build that foundation. In the previous paragraph, Jesus said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father in heaven. And I think that's just a continuation of that concept—that it's not just about one person or two people or a select few; that it's about everyone, and that it's not about doing stuff on His behalf. It's about following after Him. And a strong foundation is not built on the works that we do. And we—we've talked about this last week. Justin hit on this. It's not about what you do, but it's built on being close enough to hear the words of Jesus and listening to His voice. And um, You can act on that relationship. It's not about acting because there's something that needs to be done. It's about acting because of the relationship that you have with him. And so it's all about the foundation. A solid foundation is for everyone. But there is a qualification. The qualification is right here in the scripture. It says, everyone who hears these words of Jesus and puts them into practice. So there's two essential parts for building a good foundation. You must hear the words of Jesus. And um, how many of you guys have said you know i 've had God speak to me before i 've heard god 's voice, whether it 's through through scripture or maybe you felt like you you felt God speaking to you you said i 've experienced that maybe in my life okay yeah so a oh, good good bit of you so how do we how do we hear god 's word or how do we hear the voice of jesus I, there's I think the first one is is reading reading god reading the words of Jesus in the Bible so through the Gospels, you know Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, each one tells the story of Jesus from a little bit of a different perspective. Um, the Book of Matthew, which is what we're studying through follow, is written specifically to help the early followers of Jesus or followers of Jesus <laughs> to hear the words of, to hear his words and um so that's where that's where we're starting at in follow is to hear the words of Jesus and um but Jesus pushes us out of the Gospels as we study the Gospels. To look at other parts of Scripture as well, he said in Matthew five seventeen, "Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them." And so, in in other words, I think he's kind of saying there that in order to understand what I'm saying in the Gospels, you know, the red letters in your Bible, in order to understand that, you need to look at other parts of Scripture as well. And um, in in Luke's Gospel and Chapter 24, verse 44, Jesus said to his disciples, Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. So I think if you're going to understand the words that Jesus is saying through the gospel, so what we're studying here and follow in the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, you got to read the rest of scriptures as well. And um, the beginning of John's gospel begins with the description of Jesus as the word. And it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was, he was with God from the beginning, in the beginning, and through him all things were made. And without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of man. John 1, four says, The Word became flesh and lived for a while among us. So Jesus is the Word. Hebrews 1.3 says tells us that if you want to see what God is like, to look at Jesus. It says the Son is the exact, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. And so to hear the words of Jesus, not only we not only are you gonna read them in Scripture, it's a, high pri- it's a high priority. And it's the foundational part of where we're at in our walk with God. And you know, oftentimes when I open up my Bible and I'm 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 reading, you know, I'm like, how does this apply to me? And you have those how moments. I I have those how moments. Like, okay, God, you're you're this is what you're saying here to them, but what are you saying to me? And that's how we build that foundation in our walk with Him. And I don't think that simply reading Scripture um, will not necessarily cause you to hear maybe the words of Jesus. There are people who have read the Bible to, from cover to cover who are not much like Jesus or not much like a follower of Christ. So that's not alone the only way that you can hear his word. And um, you have to hear it with your heart. And so I recommend doing a couple of things before you sit down and read the Bible. And I know this morning I mean, it's kind of just practical application because I believe that's where we're at in our study is pray before you read the Bible. You know, Say something like, Heavenly Father, I open my heart to you today. As I read your word, speak to me, change me, make me more like Jesus. Um, I think a second thing that is really good is to take notes. Um, You know, maybe for you, maybe you journal whenever you have your quiet time. That's great. Maybe it's writing down, um, you know, what God might be saying to you through the scripture, along with other things. Sometimes there's things that I'm wrestling with, and I'm writing those down as I'm reading scripture. You know, um, you know. Sometimes for me, it's highlighting, marking in the margin of my Bible. It's, it's uh, you know, on my iPhone, I have this thing called a notes app, and I'm like, you know, typing in there as quick as I can. And um, as I write them down, and I'm not that fast of a typer, so that sometimes is a little bit slow. But and I, so I think that that is, I think that's practical for us on how we hear the words of Jesus. Another way is Jesus told us that He is present when people. When his people are together. And so that's another way we can hear the words of Jesus. And we look at Matthew 18, Matthew 18, verse 20. It says, For where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. Um, Ephesians two nineteen to 22 says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone, In him, the whole building is joined together and and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. So, you know, for us, we gather here on Sunday mornings. We gather in small groups. And we gather in small groups not because it's a place, just another thing to do on, you know, Monday, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night. Or if you go to multiple small groups on Thursday and Friday nights or whatever it is. It's not just something to do or it's not because you have a social network or because of your social status. We gather because Jesus is real and we want to encounter him. And we want, when we get together, there he is in our midst. And when we're studying together, you know, many people maybe go to groups um, who don't necessarily hear the word of Jesus in their group. And, but they become more like him while they're there. You know, some people simply go for the social aspect of it. And to have friends or to have something to do. Some go for biblical information. But think of it as we think of it as like as a time for us to be together and there God is in the midst. So whether it's for maybe you're going for the social interaction, that's okay. You're gonna grow in your walk with God while you're there. You know, maybe you go because you want to study, and that's awesome because you're gonna help those who don't want to study, want to study because of what's going on in the group. You know, I think. I think it boils down to this, that if you want to hear Jesus, you want to hear the words of Jesus, you just need to start listening. You know, ask yourself, you know, maybe before you go into your small group, you know, what is God saying to me tonight in this small group? What is God saying to me through other people in my small group? What does God want me to say that will encourage others? And listen to him as he, as he begins to speak through you and speak to you. I think that it comes down to, if you want to hear Jesus, you got to start listening. And there's a, you know, we're talking through a variety of ways that that happens. You know, maybe it's, maybe sometimes he communicates to people through different ways. Maybe it's through, you know, prophecy. Maybe it's through, you know, words of encouragement, but maybe it's through leadership, but maybe it's through a craft that you have. Maybe it's through, you know, serving or hospitality or however that may be. Maybe it's pastoring. You know, that's how God may speak to you. He speaks to each one of us in a different way. And when you see something that builds you up through another person, acknowledge it. You know, thank God for speaking to you, and if it's appropriate, tell that other person, "Hey, thanks for encouraging me tonight at small group. You know, what you had to say was awesome." Or, "Thanks for sharing your story or sharing that sharing that testimony with me cuz that was great." You know, the only caution I have for you about the voice of Jesus is the voice of Jesus will never counteract his word. It'll be clearly expressed somewhere in scripture. If it is God's voice, you know, the, the, the Bible says to test the spirits you know, does this build each other up? Is it consistent with God? What God clearly says in his word is Jesus glorified through what is being said? (laughs) Does it help us to learn to follow Jesus more? I think another way that Jesus speaks to us is through circumstances. You know, the apostle Paul sat in prison for two years. You know, he, he was taken to prison and left for two years without any charges even being pressed against him. He sat, in that, he sat in a stupid prison for simply political reasons. And what good could possibly come out of sitting in prison for two years? I mean, maybe if you're homeless and there's nothing, you really don't have any, any purpose in life, maybe that's a cool solution is just to go to jail so you have a place to live. I don't know, but I don't see the apostle Paul being like, yeah, this is a great solution, just throw me in jail for no reason, I appreciate that. You know, I don't, I don't hear him saying that. But what we do hear him saying in Romans eight twenty eight is that, and we know in all things God works together for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. We jump to verse 35. He says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? We jump to verse 37. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons Neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. I think in Paul's life that God was at work even in the tough situations. And I think that's the same in our life. He's speaking to us in the tough situations. He's with you, and he is always loving you. And he is working his plan out in your life. Even in your darkest time, in your most difficult hour, God is working things for your good, and he is with you. And the last words of the book of Matthew are these, And surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. Think about that. He's with you always. Even in the times whenever you don't expect him to be with you, maybe. Or maybe in the times whenever you're not with him, but he's still with you. And... Um, because of that, we can be joyful always. You know, for Paul, whenever he was in prison, he wrote Philippians 4.4, 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Be gentle to everyone. Do not be anxious. Talk with God about everything. If you will do that, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. This is what it looks like when someone has a solid foundation. I think the scripture just says it right there. If you have a solid foundation this scripture is just overflowing out of your life in every circumstance. And I think another way that we hear Jesus and we hear his voice is when you pray. And I think for some of us it's like, duh, like that's like the simple, you know, Jesus, like a simple Bible answer or Jesus answer. But I think part of it is, is we need to talk to God, tell him what's on your mind, tell him your concerns, tell him your feelings, even, even the, even the, the bad feelings that you may have. You know, when you're angry and you want to hurt someone, you want to just punch them in the face, tell God about it. I think that, that those, are the things, th- those are the things that we need to do. Tell God how you really feel. It's okay to let it out. Just you and God, it's a, it's a healthy thing. You know, if you've been hurt deeply by someone's actions or words, take it to God. Tell Him how you feel. And, you know, when you, when you pour out like that to God, I think that he, he starts, to, it's, it's like you, you start identifying with him, and he starts identifying with you even more. And, you know, ask Jesus to give you his perspective on the situation. You know, it might sound dumb, but it's like, why, didn't I, why am I worried about this relationship that I'm fighting through at work? Or why am I worried about this relationship I'm fighting through at school or in my, or in my class or, you know, with my roommates? Why am I worried about this? God, what do you think about this situation? And I think at that point, I think at that point is when we hear Jesus say, I'll hear, I, I hear it in my heart, it, you know, I hear him say, I'm with you. I'm with you through the situation. You know, Psalms 34, 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. I think that's whenever he He says, hey, I'm with you. I, I hear your brokenheartedness. I, I hear the hurt that's in your life. You know, I I, I hear, I know your struggles, I know where you're hurting at, and I'm going to take care of it. You know, you don't, need, you don't need to worry about getting mad. Trust me with your anger. I'll restore you. I'll heal you. I'll walk you through this. You're going to be okay. But let me teach you through this as well, so you can be strong in the midst of these storms of life. And the better you know his word, the easier it will be to hear his voice whenever you pray. And in the midst of the circumstances, especially those who don't make sense, it's all about the foundation. It's all about the foundation. It's not enough just to hear his words. If you want to be strong in the midst of the storm, we also have to put them into practice. And putting God's word into practice is doing the words of Jesus. And so it's not not simply enough just to hear the word. You need to ask the question, what would you have me do with this word that you've given me? Again, the scriptures address this principle. In everything you will face in life, God has something to say about it. If If you stop and listen, you can fill your life with his word. Every aspect of your life can be guided by the word of God. Knowing is not doing, though. I think oftentimes we know what the scripture says, but we don't do what the scripture says. Like, okay, let's... And a foundation is not built... Just some guy walks in and is like, okay, this is what we're gonna do. Here's a blueprint, and God's given us the blueprint for the foundation. We and we know how to read. I mean, I hope we do. I hope we know how to read this blueprint. Many people spend lots of time translating into a language that we can understand. So I hope we can I hope we can read it. Many times I don't want to do what God's word tells me to do. Let's just be honest. And if we're going to have a foundation that'll last through the storms of life, I cannot trust my feelings and do what they tell me to do. I have to trust in his word and then act upon his word. You know, at first it may feel awkward. Cuz foundations aren't really pretty. How many of you guys have ever seen you know, like concrete being poured for a foundation? It's not usually pretty like at first, you know? And we may not do it well at first obeying his word and and, and answering to his word. But consistently doing what the word of God tells us will result in a strong foundation, and it will hold us up in the storms of life. And you'll see how that works. But think about this thought. You don't build a foundation in the midst of a hurricane. You build a foundation when things are going well and when the weather is nice. And the same is true in our spiritual lives. Some of us wait until we have a crisis to come to God, and there's nothing wrong with doing that. In John six thirty seven, Jesus says, "All that the Father gives me, will, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and whosoever comes to me, I will never drive away. He will always welcome you, and you should to come to Jesus in a crisis. But you building a foundation in the day to day, when there's no one looking, when there's no catastrophic event happening in your life." When everyone's going on about their business, one brick at a time laying that foundation, you're going to have a solid foundation whenever those storms do come. Sometimes you have to dig deep to pour the footers. And I shouldn't act like I know what I'm talking about because I have no idea even what a footer is. But (laughs) oftentimes it's like, why in the world are they taking so long to build this house? Like, Christy, there's somebody building a house right across the field from our house. And it's like, They've been working on that thing since, like, August, and it's, like, December. Like, we should have this thing done by now, I would think. But I find that I can only work on one thing at a time. I can only work on one thing at a time in my life. So maybe it's spending a few minutes a day reading God's Word and see if something stands out to you, then writing it down and committing it to memory and attempt to do that on a day-to-day basis. Some people put put it on a card, you know, and carry it in their pocket and you know and the point is that God wants you to understand his word and wants you to hear his word and listen to his word and shape your character and your life one thing at a time. I heard someone say most of us overestimate how much we can do in a day and underestimate how much can change in a month. Overestimate, think about that. Most of us overestimate how much we can do in a day and underestimate How much we can change in a month. Consistently bringing ourselves before God, listening to Him speak to us in a variety of ways, and saying, Well, what do I do? And then doing it. You never really outgrow that process. And that's how a foundation is laid that'll last through the storms of life. It's all about the foundation. So, my question is, How is your foundation? Now, what we're talking about today is not a self-help or a take-it-or-leave-it kind of concept. It's life and death. It's a difference between being blown apart by the storms of life and standing, standing strong in the midst of dark times. You will have a strong foundation if you hear the words of Jesus and put them into practice. If you don't, you won't. It's really that simple. So what do you need to do to better hear his word? Are you faithful in attendance to gatherings, whether it's small group or whether it's serv- or whether it's church services? Do you, is re- do you read his word on a daily basis? Do you listen to him speak to you through his word? Do you listen to him whenever you're in your small group and there's other people speaking into your life? Better yet, are you in a small group? Are you making a note of what you think God is saying to you and holding it in your mind long enough so that maybe you might be able to act on it at some point during the day? What can you do to ensure that you're going to put this into practice, put His Word into practice? That's kind of my challenge this morning for us. So, Matt, if you want to come. I think that this morning... You know, some of us may know how we want to, re- how we need to respond. I know how I need to respond, because all week I've been struggling with this. Because I'm like, God, you know, it's really hard to speak on a topic that sometimes you have, you have a hard time processing yourself. You know, I, I'm laying a foundation in my life. You know, I don't have it all together. I can guarantee you that. And as far as the foundation does, my foundation, do I look like the leaning tower of Pisa right now? Honestly, do I look like that? How does my foundation look? If a storm were to come, am I going to look like a Chilean bu- building or a Haitian building? Like honestly, what is my life going to? What does my life look like? Do I do more than just hearing your word? Do I put it into practice? I think oftentimes, like I grew up in a church and I grew up here pl- doing bi- playing Bible quiz. I mean, it wasn't even doing Bible quiz; it was playing Bible quiz. And, like, learning memory verses and learning scripture. And then it's like, what does that even mean? Am I, am I, am I processing what God is speaking to me in those moments of my life? Listen, be a what can I do that will help me listen, be a better listener to God's voice? Or what can I do to identify what I need to do when I hear God's word spoken? This past week in small groups, it was, for me, this past week was the best week of small groups in my life, honestly. Um, being able to process together what God's word says. And the idea that it's easy to follow Jesus. You know, this past week we studied the scripture, his yoke is easy, his burden is light. And, I just about fell off the stage. And, um, and the idea that, uh. It's easy to follow Jesus, that we carry these heavy burdens. You know, we worry about, well, now this week it's going to be, you know, am I going to get this right? Am I going to hear God's voice? And then am I going to do it? And, you know, we worry about that and we carry that burden. But it's the idea of just saying, God, this is yours. I'm turning it over to you. That I don't need to carry this burden because your word says that it's, your yoke is easy and it's easy to follow you. And that your burden is light. So I'm going to trade all this in. Let's do do a swap here. I'm going to trade all this in. You know, it doesn't matter what your foundation has looked like to this point in this day and time. It matters what your foundation looks like from here on out in your life. So let's pray this morning. You know, maybe this morning you know that you need to respond to this. You know, maybe it's maybe you need to respond to becoming a follower of Jesus. You know you've tried to do life on your own, but maybe today you're ready to take take the plunge. And if that's you this morning, you say, I, I want to become a follower of Jesus. Maybe Maybe I thought that I was doing it right before, and maybe I really wasn't doing it right. Maybe I wasn't putting the word of God into practice in my life. Or maybe this morning, You just need to follow Jesus. You feel the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart and you saying, he's saying, hey, respond. Respond in this moment. If, the, if that's you, would you just make eye contact with me right now? Because I want to know, I want to be able to pray, pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe this morning you've never truly surrendered to him. And this morning, you want to become a follower of Jesus. And if you responded this morning, I would invite you to pray. Pray this with me. Just pray it in your heart. Jesus, we really want to follow you. I surrender my life to you. I know that I try to do life on my own. And I realize I cannot do life my own way. I ask that you would forgive me for that. Thank you for forgiving me of all my sins. I ask that you would make me a new person, that today would be a new chapter in my life. Teach me to live in a way that pleases you. Let me build a, teach me to build a strong foundation in my life so that I can stand the storms of life. With your help, I commit myself to hearing your word and putting it into practice. And Father, today I just pray that you would let us hear what you're speaking to us. Let your words penetrate our lives and let us act upon those words and put them into action. Let us build a strong foundation as a church, as a community, as a family, so when hard times hit, we're able to stand strong. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. So my challenge this morning as we leave is how are you doing? How are you doing in your in your following God as we're doing this as, together? How are you doing in your personal personal time with Him? A quote that I've I've heard and always stands true is that which can be shaken will be shaken. We need to get prepared so that not if a crisis comes, that when a storm hits, that we're ready. And I would challenge you this morning not to wait. Get ready, because there will be difficult times. And so this morning, we just want to give you an opportunity to just spend a little bit of time and maybe time together in worship. So, and just seeking after God, and what is he speaking to you?